Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less than stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now, this week is a solo podcast, and I want to talk to you about confidence. And when I say confidence, obviously, it's a spectrum. But where I want to focus on today is is confidence when people get asked difficult questions. And in that moment, they really get in their head and they, they say to me, well, what if I don't know the answer? What if I can't answer it? What if I get, you know, if I choke up or freeze in the moment? And so I want to talk to you today about a few things as it, as it relates to that, where it's in that moment when someone asks you what can be perceived as a difficult question. And then I want to talk to you about two other techniques that will help you really lean into that confidence. A lot of times people say, well, what if I don't know the answer? And I'm just thinking, well, we're not human. We can't be expected to know the answers. But, you know, I always say it, it, take a pause, you know, just take three to five seconds and just pause when someone asks you a question. And, and for a few reasons, one is we don't want to be so reactive. How can we kind of regain the control and just pause for a moment and go, okay, well, what, what was just asked of me there? Do I have all the information to answer? Even if I do, let, let me see if I'm approaching this the right way. Is there a better angle strategically that's going to better position me, my product, my response? So just take stock for, for five seconds. If you're in the virtual environment, there's already a bit of delay anyway, so nobody is going to know that you're pausing. So definitely take a pause so that you can respond intentionally and, and say things that you actually want to say. Following that, I would say a lot of times when people ask you a question, they may not have fully thought of the question in their mind before they open their mouth. And so be careful that you're not jumping on a question that's not fully thought out, that you don't have all the information. You can't answer because it's not clear. And so I would say sometimes people, they freeze in the moment, but it's actually not their, their fault. It's that, that you need more information to answer the question. But their response to me is, well, Karen, if, you know, if I ask for more information or if I say I don't understand, they're going to think, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm too young for this position. And I can tell you, you know, when I started my sales career, I definitely felt that as well. You know, I was calling on hospital executives in my early 20s, and I too felt that they would think I'm not smart enough. I'm too young. And so I wouldn't ask clarifying questions. I wouldn't. And, you know, I have a lot of regrets about that. But what I can tell you now is that I get 100% clarity of what they are trying to, what that question is before I even touch it. Because in the shift that happened and the shift that I'm trying to share here is that when you're holding back your clarifying questions, you're making it about you. You're in your head. You're feeling, you know, a bit of imposter syndrome that they're going to think this about me. But if you can shift your lens to your your audience and say, look, I, I genuinely want to help you. 
but in order to do that, I need more information. Can you give me an example? Um, what, when is this happening? How often does this happen? Walk, walk me through what this looks like. When it does happen, you know, what, what, what have you done in the past? So just really get clarity. And your audience is not going to say, oh, my God, I can't believe you're asking me a clarifying question. What they're going to say is, oh, you know, I should have probably been a little bit more clear. Or, or, let me give you some examples. Let me, let me add some more context for you. And they're going to take that on them. So shift the lens from that of, oh, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not worthy. And, and being a victim to, to the victor and say, look, how can I help you? How can I be of service? Because I want to. But in order to do that, I, I don't fully understand where you're coming from. Can you, can you give me examples? Can you give me a little bit more detail? Okay. And it's no different than when I'm trying to help my clients and they say, well, I want to get better at this. I don't know what better means. Does better mean clear? Uh, does it mean asking more impactful questions? Does it like, what does it mean? So I have to really get clear in, in understanding what you want so that I can help you achieve it. So the first recommendation here is don't be afraid to ask clarifying questions because that's where the confidence comes. When you ask a clarifying question, you get a light bulb on and you say, ah, now I know what you're asking. I get it. And I, I have the answer. So you're confident in your delivery and you can give them what they're looking for. But if you don't understand the question or it's not clear, I would say don't touch it. Throw it back to them. Ask for detail. Ask for clarity. Ask for an example. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, there might be an ulterior motive. Who knows why they're asking you this question? So, you know, what's the motivation behind it? Is there a question behind the question? And oftentimes they might just pull it back and say, you know what, forget it. You know, it was a dumb question or, or I never thought it fully through or something. So it is on them. So part of the reason we, we get in our heads and we think, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to put myself in these situations. It's not always our fault. Make sure that whoever's posed the question, it's actually a relevant question. You fully understand it and take that three to five second pause before you respond to it. So you can just get in the the position of how do I want to get this? How do I want to answer this? What angle do I want to take? Who's my audience? Do I have all the information? And just allow yourself to stay in control and be in that, that um, the driver's seat. The second area I want to talk about is an acronym called uh, WAIT. And I learned this acronym years ago and it, it was brought again back up when I read Andy, Andy Paul's book. And it's why am I talking? W-A-I-T. So next time you're in a meeting, or, you know, you're even in a one-on-one -on -one. and just, it, are you talking to actually fill the, fill the space and, you know, avoid silence because hit that wait button and just be like, no, usually what happens is if you can pause, what you're going to do is you're going to invite your, your audience to keep going and they will, they'll let them fill the space. Don't you fill it? And sometimes in a meeting, we're just talking to hear ourselves talk. So I, I would just always say, are you actually adding value? Are you repeating what, you know, Joe just said to be the parrot in the room? Because nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hear the parrot. We all heard Joe. Joe said it fine. Let's not be the parrot. But then someone challenged me and they said, Karen, what about an acronym instead of why am I talking? What about why am I not talking? She called me out on it and I, and I love that she did because, you know, what I usually find with salespeople is that there's no off button, <laughs> but there's another side that some people struggle to, you know, find their voice and to contribute to the conversation. 
And so absolutely, in those instances, what can they do? How can they lean in into their discomfort of speaking up and really, you know, have that self-belief, that conviction that this is an idea that deserves everyone hearing? And so it's, it's leaning, leaning into that discomfort. Yeah, you know, count the Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, go for it. Just, um, you know, execute until you've done it a few times that the discomfort becomes less uncomfortable and it becomes more automatic because what happens is when you leave that meeting, how do you feel? You feel pretty frustrated. You feel angry at yourself. And why didn't I speak up? And what happens is someone else asks the question or shares the idea that was your idea. They probably didn't give it half a second's thought. You probably could have delivered it a lot more eloquently, but you held your, you, you held your punches. So, you know, how can we also lean in and ensure that our, our voice is heard, our message is shared? Because if we're not doing that, you know, we're doing our team, our customers a disservice. So I would just definitely say, if you struggle with that, lean into it and think about not you, get out of your head and how you're feeling. How is the team going to benefit? How is my customer going to benefit with this new pieces of information that I'm, that I'm bringing to the table to solve a problem, to help expose something, to help them uh, realign their priorities? Whatever you're doing, make it about them. When we always make it about ourselves, we get stuck and the focus is on us. And we usually, um, there's no action there. We, we stop. It's that fight or flight. And the other part of that is sales leaders. If you have a team member that is perhaps struggling with this, how can you create a safe space so that it's an inclusive space where it's um, there's collaboration, we're inviting everyone to have equal talk time. So can you say, you know, Jessica, I haven't heard from you. What are your thoughts? Uh, Michael, why don't you share what you have with the team and just really invite everyone to have equal talk time so that, you know, sometimes there's one or two people that monopolize that. And, and then that, the people who aren't as open with the, with sharing, they fall back into their shell. And so how as leaders can we create an inclusive environment where everyone's voice is heard so that there's those who are, why am I talking? And they sometimes need to hit the mute button. And then others who need to lean into that and really find their voice and know that there's value in it. And, and, you know, have that belief and then see the results over time that, you know, they took my idea and they executed upon it and look at the results. That's where self-trust, that's where belief and confidence are happening when we start believing in ourselves. But the first step is we got to put our, we got to put our, our names in, in the hat. We got to put our names in the ring and we got to get out there and do something. So this is just a quick, short, short one this week, but in summary, you know, take that pause. If you don't understand the question, uh, it's probably not clear in the first place and really push back. Uh, seek, seek first to understand and ask for clarity through a clarifying question. I'm not sure I fully understand. Can you give me an example? Um, can you, can you, you know, can you paint a picture? Whatever you need to see, paint a picture in my mind's eye. We can remember visuals or we could see visuals a lot clearer. Paint a picture of what this looks like. Okay. Uh, walk me through what happens when, when, when this occurs. Things like that, that you really get clarity. That's when the confidence comes because in the absence of that, you're in your head and you're feeling all eyes on you going, oh my gosh, I don't know the answer to this. And you probably do know the answer. The question is not clear. So we, we want to be mindful that we're not mixing those two things up. And the second part of this is wait, why am I talking? If you're going to add, if you're going to speak, you know, make sure that you're adding to the conversation. You're not just speaking to fill the space. And, and then the other one is, why am I not talking? 
So let's not hold our punches. Let's allow our voice to be heard so that we also can contribute to the conversation. We can help our customers. We can help our team. And let's just get out of our head, flip the switch so that we're doing it to really help our customers. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you have any suggestions or guest ideas for the podcast, please feel free to email us at info at k2perform.com. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel or the podcast, I encourage you to do that. And finally, if you haven't left us a review, we would really appreciate a review. We pride ourselves on feedback and always getting better. So let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the K2 Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our weekly sales insights are geared towards sales reps, leaders, and small business owners to help navigate the complexity of modern day sales. Our tactical takeaways help you put a plan in place to start creating your own game-changing results. Until next time, happy selling. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.